Hello and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and season fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to the show. How's everybody doing? It's August. Yay! <laughs> I, for one, am glad July is finally over. Yeah. Because that felt like a really long month it to did. me. I, I don't know about anybody else, but it felt like January to June was just like a little blip. Mm-hmm. And then July lasted 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. So here we are in August. Welcome. It's almost time <laughs> for KCON. So excited. Can't believe how soon KCON is. We will be in the presence of both Timmy and Shonu. I know. In mere weeks. weeks. It's very exciting. Um, and I keep mentioning this, but if you are coming to KCON and you want to, we're trying to organize some kind of little like meetup so that we can all see everybody. So there is a KCON LA channel in the Discord right now where everyone's like planning things. Um, so stay tuned. We'll find a time where we can all meet. Unfortunately, I feel like they don't like the KCON schedule. It's just like not available mm, and like they haven't posted it they yet. haven't posted it and like last year they didn't post it mm. and like i remember in previous years we would get like a program yeah, yeah, yeah. that would like and have would all of the to, things mm-hmm. and now and i remember last year we were like looking everywhere for a program and like in the press room asking people like is there a schedule of what is happening each day and it was we like, did eventually find one but it was like very i think it was online and it was hard yeah, to yeah, find yeah. so anyway we don't know what's happening but we mm-hmm. want to try to find a time where there isn't something else going on and whatever we'll figure it out it's gonna yeah. be so fun i can't wait i can't wait um but today we're talking about something that was requested in the episode suggestion channel like a bazillion years ago yes. reminder time. we have an episode suggestion channel in the discord if you ever have an episode to suggest um but we're gonna be talking about k-pop that doesn't have Korean people performing the K-pop. Yes, non-Korean K-pop. And we did do an episode a zillion years ago, specifically about foreign Mm -hmm. idols. And I think that was, we might've mentioned some of the groups we'll talk about today, but that episode was more about like Chinese and Japanese members and Mm -hmm. Thai members and like how they get treated different and paid different and whatever. But those were members of k-pop groups that are like all the other members are korean or they're like from a korean company or like they're based out of korea and wherever that particular idol may be from they trained in korea for years um so this is a slightly different it's like tangential And there's Mm -hmm. definitely some overlap, but it's a slightly different category. Yeah. And I feel like this is a topic that is generally like controversial feels like too strong of a word, but like people have varying feelings about it. Like definitely. I recently saw a like, I don't know, some kind of netizen post about like, how do you feel about non-Koreans doing K-pop? And the netizen consensus was, as long as they're singing in Korean, I don't care. Mm. It can be K-pop. But I also, just this week on the Unpopular Opinions, K-pop Opinions Reddit, I saw somebody posting like, I think that K-pop idols should at least be Asian. Mm. And like people were arguing about that element of it. And I've also seen similar discussions in that there's a... JYP is doing some kind of audition show that's airing right now. And I keep seeing 
clips of it on TikTok. Um, and since he did the auditions like in the States, there are people of many, many, many races in this competition. Yeah. And like people have mixed feelings about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. It is an interesting topic that definitely opens itself up to debate. And I did like in compiling this list, which I'll go ahead and say up at the top is most likely not comprehensive. It's just like, here are 10 groups or idols that have like participated in some way, shape or form in creating K-pop mm -hmm. or have been in some way, shape or form labeled as K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> and so they have made the list, but I've also each one of these groups, like people liked them or they hated them and they had good things to say. They had bad things to say. And I wrote that down. So we'll <laughs> talk about like kind of the reception of it. I will say there's one person that we had on like our short list. And I don't know if that short list like came from the episode suggestions I or think not. It did. There's one person that was on that short list that when I looked them up, I decided not to include them in this list because even though they have released music they became more notorious as like an internet personality and everything I read about them just struck me as being about someone who's deeply unwell mm -hmm. and I didn't want and that's just like a Pandora's box yeah. of controversy and discourse yeah. that I didn't want to invite so please don't at me saying what about so and so I know about that person and I specifically chose not to talk about them sure. so they're not on the list. Okay. We have a lot of different legitimate groups yeah. and artists to discuss. Okay. Though. So I'm excited to yeah, get yeah, into yeah. it. Because I, I, even though I was surprised that like, and maybe I feel like we've said this in recent episodes and <laughs> maybe it's like something that isn't even worth saying anymore because we're on 256 fucking episodes. <laughs> but I was surprised in compiling this list that we've talked about a lot of these yeah. groups and a lot of these people before, but I still learned quite a bit about each one. So I'm excited to, to get into it. All and right. one of them kind of changed my opinion about it. Like, okay. Yeah. I All was right. intrigued. I was intrigued. Excited to hear about this. <laughs> um, okay. So our list is in chronological order of yes. debut. Cause that felt like a good way to talk about it. So the earliest group of non-Korean K-pop makers that I could find was a group called Bonjour that debuted in 2006. And this was three boys. One was Julian Quintart, who is from Belgium. And then two French guys, Philip Riviere and Thierry Riviere, who do not appear to be brothers as one of them is ethnically Korean, but they are from France. Hmm. Um, and Maybe stepbrothers or half brothers? I don't know. Or yeah. they just have the same last name. I don't know. Maybe it's a common French. Maybe it's like Smith yeah. in France. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't find too much information about them. My assumption would be is that they were possibly like students studying in Korea, thought it would be funny to make a music video because yeah. this does not appear to be like a company put them together it very no. much has like bros filmed their own music video vibes um but they put out two different singles one was called the translated title was it's slanted and the other one was osu sonhane which means it's chaotic <laughs> and here's what that one sounds like So 
So the fun thing about Bonjour is that their music mixed like silly Korean lyrics with French, which is like, you know, against the standard of usual Korean and English. Yeah. It was Korean and French. So there's funny parts where like somebody sends something and they'll go, quoi? <laughs> <laughs> like, I loved it. And there's a very silly dance to this yeah. song. It's like an arm wiggly thing. And I did find a stage of they got to perform on Inkigayo once and they seem to be wearing their own clothes. Yeah, just like normal guy clothes. And like just doing this little stage and everybody's giggling at them and it's great. Um, but Julian is still a Korean celebrity. He like stayed there, did modeling and acting. And you might recognize him if you've ever watched episodes of the show abnormal summit mm. which was the one where they'd have people from all different countries like sitting at a table with like a yes. flag from their country yeah, yeah, and then yeah. debating and wore, issues like, yeah something. and they would just like yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about societal issues from their different perspectives oh, yeah. okay then i definitely know who this julian guy is yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. i know him he's, he's the like, french guy he's the french guy yeah. and he was like on uh running man a couple of times so like you might know him he's like a yeah, blonde yeah, yeah. blue-eyed french, french guy, guy. <laughs> um but yeah that was bonjour it was funny that yeah. that seemed to be the oldest one that i could find and it's also a weird time warp because it's from 2006, but it looks like it's from 1996 yeah. in both the music video and the stage. Yeah. But hearing them say like, it's really hilarious and adorable and that was fun. I feel like if they had come out in the 90s, they probably would have been a big hit. Yeah. Next on our list is a woman we've talked about many times before. Her name is Alex Reed, and she made her Korean debut on November 4th, 2015, as a part of Rania's third EP, Demonstrate. Alex is credited as the first African-American idol in the South Korean music industry, and she ha was originally announced as the newest member of Rania by DR Music on November 4th, 2015, which is when she came out. Um, her initial inclusion in the song Demonstrate came with a little bit of controversy because K-netizens were excited about her being added to the group. Like, Rania is a group we've talked about before because they have changed so much. Yeah. Um, so this was not the first time that they've added or changed the lineup of Rania, but it was one of the first times that they had like a foreign member. And then this is also a member who's not Korean. Um, and so people were excited about her addition, but then the music video for Demonstrate was released without any shots of her in it. Like she's, she's not, just she not there. She's just not in the music video period. And then during her rap, they just show close-ups of other members. So people were like, what the fuck? Is this racist? Like, why isn't she in it? And the company claimed that it was because of uh, visa issues. And that's why she wasn't there when it was filmed. And they re-released the music video on November 11th with these, like, very shoehorned in shots of Alex by herself on a roof that are in grayscale, which none of the other shots yeah, it's of a the very music bright, video are weird. Like their outfits are like, are like neon. neon and they're like in like a green where like, I don't know. It's just, it's very weird and like doesn't match. Um, but anyway, 
They did perform uh, live with the full lineup for the first time on Music Core on November 14th. Um, and while Alex was with DR, the company tried to launch a fundraiser in order to debut a subunit with her and the youngest Rania member. Um, but the fundraiser ended up being canceled because of like a miscommunication between the organizers. Um, and so ultimately, they just never debuted this subunit. Um, and after that, so like they never they this fundraiser got canceled they scrapped the debut of the subunit then rania's upcoming ep was postponed then three of the original members left then alex got promoted to the leader of rania okay and she stayed on because it was like oh god three people left like here you you be the leader she became the leader of this again rebranded now BP Rania in 2016, but ultimately she left in August of 2017. So she had a bit of a like up and down stay with DR Music and Rania. And there were a lot of rumors that surrounded the, her departure from stories about her having a feud with the choreographer to conspiracies involving an anti-fan working with the CEO to push her out. Like oh. the stories ranged, but she is releasing a memoir soon. Okay. So we will have to wait to get the full story. Cause she said, quote, I paint a full picture of idle life behind the curtain. I am telling the truth and nothing but the truth, which has been therapeutic, but also anxiety inducing at times. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, years and years ago, a journalist emailed us mm -hmm. asking what we knew about Alex because she was trying to write an article about yeah. this. Mm -hmm. And she follows us on Instagram. And <laughs> she was one of the hosts at KCON last yeah, year. She was. So we like immediately DM'd her and we're like, girl, you look so pretty today. Like, do you want to meet? Like, whatever. And she never answers us, but sometimes she I likes know. our stories. <laughs> Alex, come on the show. Bring your memoir. Yes, we'll when the memoir is out, please yeah, yeah, yeah. let us do a book club with you. We think you're great. But it's interesting. I love that she has, like, when she does show up at KCON and stuff, I think it's fun that despite clearly having kind of a bad time in mm -hmm. K-pop, that she still, like is wants to be part of it in some yeah. way like she isn't so mad that she doesn't no she must still like, have some off. sort of like affection or like fondness for k-pop because i feel like there are other foreign idols that have like since left and they've been like let me tell you all about how k-pop is awful <laughs> and they like don't do any k-pop stuff or like, don't anymore. ask me about k-pop yeah, i don't yeah, do yeah. that exactly um so it is interesting i am excited to read her book for sure all right, the next group on our list is called Tem5, and the F is a number five, as love we love it. to see. And they are a Filipino group who debuted in 2016 in the Philippines yes. and then put out a Korean single called Miracle in possibly 2018, question The mark? song came out in 2016. Okay. And they planned a Korean debut for 2018. But I couldn't find proof that the Korean debut ever actually happened. Okay. Well, here's what Miracle sounded like. video that exists for Miracle is a lot of behind footage of them seemingly doing little 
exhibitions and fan signs in Korea, mm-hmm. but the choreo they are doing is EXID and Sistar choreo. Yeah. So I think they just like maybe performed covers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the music video is just like behind footage yeah. and none of the choreo they are doing or singing they are doing matches the, the song, song that is itself. playing. <laughs> Absolutely. So unclear as far as the timeline of when those things were filmed versus when the song was released. Um, but this was a five member Filipina girl group that hoped to debut as the first Filipina K-pop group. And they got to perform around Korea, including at the 2017 Korean Celebrity Basketball League, where they got to meet JYP. And they okay. were very excited. <laughs> and there's all these photos of like these cute girls in their little outfits and then like a super sweaty JYP in his like basketball oh, no. jersey because he was playing at the right. game and so it was very gross but anyway <laughs> I couldn't find any other information about them uh, but they haven't updated their YouTube channel in six years so I don't know if That's they ever actually debuted what we got that's what we got All right, next up, perhaps one of the most initially controversial on the list, we have EXP Edition, who made their debut on April 17th, 2017, with the single Feel Like This. So EXP Edition is a currently South Korea-based four-member, quote, American K-pop group. So that means that all four members are American. None of them are Korean. And I remember hearing about EXP Edition a while ago, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know anything other than it was like four white guys who called themselves a K-pop group. And I was like, fuck those guys. But then I learned that they were formed through a project called I'm Making a Boy Band, which was run by Bora Kim, Karen Kuroda, and Samantha Shao. And this was originally started as a thesis project by Kim in 2014, who wanted to answer the question, do you need to be Korean to be a K-pop idol? Okay. So Kim is Korean and from Korea. She moved to New York to get her master's at Columbia in 2014. And she says, quote, when I got to the U.S., K-pop was really gaining momentum and I started seeing it in a different light. I started thinking, is it only K-pop if Korean people do it? How can we push K-pop? What limits are there? So she held auditions in New York and originally cast six members in her group, specifically ones who did not have Korean heritage or any knowledge of the Korean language. And many of them were also not familiar with K-pop to begin with. So she took the like usual, you know, years that idols train, Mm -hmm. condensed it into (laughs) a few months so that they could make her thesis presentation. And she had a friend of hers who was also a student at Columbia, like write and produce the music or for the song that they that they put out. Um, And after the thesis presentation, a few of the members approached her about continuing with the group being like, we had fun, like, we don't want to stop doing this. And so she said, well, if we really want to do this, then we would have to move to Korea. Like, if you want to actually train and do it, like, we got to do it. Um, So they four of the six original members moved with Kim to start training. Um, And she said, quote, people in Korea were so intrigued by the guys and so well welcoming and supportive. I remember one audience 
audience member came up to me after the show and said the band really made her rethink what K-pop is. So they do like she like started her own little like small music company. They've been on interviews and stuff where they call her like CEO and stuff like that. Um, But the debate about whether or not they are K-pop definitely still exists around them um, because Bora, the creator of this group and the boys themselves call themselves a fresh hybrid of K-pop. But I saw a lot of quotes from both journalists and uh, like international journalists and also like Korean lecturers who disagreed uh, with the authenticity of their label of k-pop and said quote what they sing and dance could be in line with k-pop style but they are created outside the south korean music industry that produces authentic k-pop so i feel like the main criticism for exp edition seems to come from the fact that they didn't go through the like factory training system Mm -hmm. but they are still created by a korean woman who specifically was trying to make k-pop and they do sing entirely in korean Mm -hmm. and we were watching their stages and it's just very interesting and i don't know if it's just like that it's these specific four guys, <laughs> but they're like doing the choreo and like it's K-pop choreo and everything about it. It's like all of the elements are there, but for some reason I just don't buy it. Yeah. And I don't know why I don't buy it. And I do think that on some level, like these four guys specifically do, I don't know how old any of them were, but they look old. Like they, they do all look, look like they Kevin from the Backstreet older. Boys. Yeah. Like they all <laughs> look like older guys dressing like teens and pre- yeah. like that joke, that nineties joke about the boy bands of like, totally. they're all old. Yeah. Um, and one of them has stubble, which really throws me yeah, off yeah, because yeah. literally nobody in K-pop has stubble. And so every picture I saw of him, I would just be like, ah! <laughs> who's that guy? <laughs> but I always think about like, every time I think about these guys, I always, I have a specific memory from my honeymoon in 2017 when I was, we were just watching TV one night in our Airbnb and I can see your voice was on and they were like, contestants on I Can See Your Voice and Super Junior were the judges. And I Can See Your Voice is like, there's one person pretending to lip sync and then the mm-hmm. other person is actually singing. That's the like, yeah, conceit. and you have to guess. And when they is. showed that like these white guys were the ones singing in Korean, like he Joel was like, what? Like everyone was like freaking out. And there was just like a lot of the novelty of yeah. it seemed to like get them a lot of attention. Totally. I just looked it up and the oldest is 89 and the youngest is uh, 93. So they're like 30 to 33. And at, so in 2017, they would have been like, the oldest would have been 27. Okay. Yeah. They look older than that. Even, yeah, they did. But they did. EXP <laughs> edition. And I saw that they released another song. Like when I went to pull the music video, yes. up, there like was more music. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Have they done and anything they're, since? They're not officially disbanded, <laughs> but they don't have like a more recent release. Okay. I would imagine that the pandemic threw quite a wrench at Probably. Things. Probably. <laughs> All right, the next group on our list we talked about in our very first Support Girl Groups episode, and this is Honey Popcorn. They debuted on March 21st, 2018 with an EP called Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. (laughs) 
Honey Popcorn debuted as a three-member girl group under Kyun Create, and all of the members are Japanese who are not only members of various large Japanese girl groups like SKE48, NMB48, Bakusute, Sotokanda, Ichome. I originally didn't write that down because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to read this. But then I had written the other two down and I was like, well, no, well, I, I feel bad for not including it. But the other interesting <laughs> part, as noted, is that all three of these girls are also Japanese porn stars. Yes. They're known as adult video actresses. Yes. <laughs> uh, and one of the members, Yua Miku, Mikami funded the project herself as like a fa a passion project she wanted to make a K-pop group so she paid for it herself um, and they made their debut um, like we said in 2018 and that same year they also made a Chinese debut in December with a song called Pretty Lie um, and after that came out one of the members said that she was going to be graduating and leaving the group um, so then the following year they had a couple of lineup changes uh, in 2019 another member left the group and they added three more so that they had four total promoting members um, and they did make a Korean comeback on July 5th of 2019 with an EP called De Esosta I don't know maybe that's what it says um, and the title track was of the same name um, but their main controversies surrounding their debut had literally nothing to do with the fact that they were Japanese and whether or not they were K-pop. It was entirely about the fact that they did porn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it so much so that there was a petition that citizens filed on the presidential website of South Korea trying to get the government involved with banning the group from debut entirely. The, peti the petition gained over 35,000 signatures and did succeed in canceling the originally planned showcase, but it did not stop the debut, and eventually the showcase was rescheduled and proceeded as planned. Um, and after they debuted, they were able to gain some fans with K-Nets on Melon writing, quote, I want to live in a world where Honey Popcorn can sing with confidence, and Korean girl groups are also performing lewd dance moves. Is there any reason why these girls can't follow the footsteps of idol girl groups and I thought that that point in particular was interesting because if you couldn't tell from like the sound of the song and the clip we just played Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo is adorable it's, it's the most so innocent cutesy. concept possible it's there's a, yeah, nothing there's adult about it nothing at all. lewd like the core the dresses are like high necked baby doll like but not in a fetishy way like the choreography is simple and cute and like classic k-pop the song Everything itself about is really it. g-friend mm -hmm. like the way the chorus comes in is like similar to like Migusta's too and like a bunch yes, of these like totally songs. and they do a lot of like spinny choreo uh -huh. in it too um and so I thought it was interesting because like then you do have some girl groups like the sexier ones like Miss A or something that are gonna like drop it low and then you have and it's so it's like oh well like these K-pop stars can imitate this like sexier side but the sexier side can't imitate the cutesy right like, Po yeah. Qua. 
Pourquoi? <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting because I feel like this is the kind of, if you showed this music video to anybody mm-hmm. and asked them like, what do you think is interesting about this group? I feel like they'd never guess never that they were porn guess. stars. There's never. nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. that alludes to that in any way. I feel way. like they'd probably get, they'd be like, are they AI? Like right, before like, they guessed. Like, are <laughs> they, they robots? I yeah, don't understand. I don't, what, what, I don't what know. Is weird? They seem normal to me um, because yeah, they are very normal, but whatever people are prudes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our next item on the list is like a, a massive things. project. Yeah. It's a massive big project. So the name of the project is called Z or the name of the group. I don't know, even know how to say it. It's called Z stars uh-huh. <laughs> and Z stars refers to two groups that were formed as part of the Z pop dream project by Divtone entertainment. And Divtone Entertainment is a Singapore-based parent company that is now, as in 2023, in charge of both of these groups. But originally, Z-Pop Dream Project was managed by a subsidiary of Divtone Entertainment that was reabsorbed in 2020. Okay. So that's not who originally did it, but they were under them, so they're still under them, etc. The goal of Z-Pop Dream Project was to make K-pop global by creating a group with global stars from different Asian countries. And the CEO said, quote, I would like to brand a concert that ties Asia together. So on February 22nd, 2019, they released the joint Z-Stars singles album, which was called Z-Pop Dream. And it had three tracks on it, a debut song from each of the group and a collaboration track titled Our Galaxy. And both groups made their official debuts at the Z-Pop Dream Live in Seoul concert on February 23rd. So we're going to talk about each group in alphabetical order, mm-hmm. starting with Z Boys, who debuted with the single No Limit. Z Boys is still together currently as a four-member group, but they originally debuted as seven. The current members are Mavin, who's from Indonesia. He's the leader, lead dancer, lead rapper, and vocalist, and is also a member of the Indonesian band B-Force. Okay. There's Roy from Vietnam. He's the main vocal and is a former member of the V-pop group Super 9, and he's also released a solo single in Vietnam that featured one of the Z girls. Fun. There's Josh, who's from the Philippines. He's the main dancer lead vocal and is a pianist for the band Caffeine and Taurine, uh, which is, I guess, a Filipino band. Sure. Then there's Gai. He's from Japan. He's the main rapper, lead dancer, vocalist, and visual. And we have three former members, Perry from Taiwan, Sid from India, and Blink from Thailand. Cool. Then we have Z Girls, who debuted with What You Waiting For? Girls is also still together currently as a three-member group, also originally debuted as Seven. Current three members are Vanya from Indonesia. She's the lead vocal, main dancer, lead rapper, and is a member of the Indonesian girl group Soul Sisters. 
There's Queen from Vietnam. She's the main rapper, lead dancer, and sub vocal. And Priyanka, who is from India, she's the lead vocal and was the first Indian contestant to win excellent vocals at the 2016 K-pop World Festival. Okay. Uh, then we have... Carlin, who is technically not a former member, but she's on hiatus. She's from the Philippines, and she was the leader, main vocal, lead dancer, and center, as well as a member of the Filipino girl group Pop Girls. But she went on hiatus to have a baby and welcomed her daughter, Lakeisha, on December 19th, 2021. All right. So maybe she'll return. We don't know. Uh, and then former members are Joanne from Taiwan, Mahiro from Japan, and Belle from Thailand. And as a fun little piece of gossip, Love I it. saw on both, it was listed on both of their, actually, on Mavin's member profile, it said they were still together. And then on Vanya's profile, it said they were no longer together. Okay. So apparently, <laughs> Vanya and Mabin, the two Indonesian members of Z Girls and Z Boys, were in a public relationship for three years. They hosted the second season of the Indonesian competition show, The Next Boy Slash Girl Band, together. And they had a joint presence on YouTube. But they announced in 2019 that they had broken up sad yeah that's I mean I love that piece of gossip and it's also just very interesting I I feel like I shouldn't bring this up because I don't even remember what country that she was from but I've noticed that in other Asian countries besides Korea and Japan and China public celebrity couples are like a big fucking deal mm. and everybody loves them yeah 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 and I, there was somebody on Eric Nam's podcast and I wish I could I feel like she was from the Philippines and she talked about how like in the dramas there that like if you are in a drama and the couple is popular then y'all have to stay together forever yeah and like people get attached to the couple so then the couples are the couple in every drama that they do oh yeah and yeah, i just yeah. find that so fascinating that it's like so different and mm -hmm. then everybody like encourages celebrity couples there yeah well in here people yeah. really encourage it too of like it. especially if there's like oh really good chemistry on screen and like we want to see them dating and like oh i bet they are dating and then it's like Haha, i knew they were dating you know like everybody loves it yeah 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 um but, but that's yeah. so fun that there was a couple in the z boys Z girls I love, I love it. I love it. I also thought it was great or just very interesting that this Divtone Entertainment put clearly put so much money into this because the uh, Z-Pop Dream concert, all of the videos are in our playlist. But like they did this concert in like a huge stadium yeah. with a really big like two story LED screen and the stage was shaped like the Z stars logo. And like usually a showcase is like in a banquet hall with a yeah. paper that says, but this was like money. Yeah, 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 totally. And it looked like a, like the stage looked like something that you would use for the voice type of show. Mm -hmm. Like it was big and elaborate and there were a lot of people there so I am very intrigued by like who is the money behind <laughs> Z stars because there's a lot of it the other interesting thing about these that I feel like is possibly part of this debate of all of this is that all three Z star songs are fully in English yes they are so there is no like Korean mm -hmm. other than they did the concert in Korea and yeah. promoted it as a global k-pop group but the k part was missing that is true that's true because none of them are korean none of the members are korean the 
company is from Singapore and the songs are in English. And even though the vibes of the song, it all feels like very K-pop. Yeah. The fact that there is nothing Korean in it at all. And even the Z girls one, like they use a sitar, like that's not even a traditional Korean instrument. So yeah, that is interesting that they didn't, especially because I read that a lot of the mem- not all of the members spoke, Even English. spoke English. So it's not like that was a common language for all 14 of them. Like it wasn't. Um, so interesting choice. Yeah. And it seems like most of the other groups on this, this is like the only group that chose specifically to sing in, in English. English with not even a line of Korean. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Next on the list, we have a soloist called Lana. She debuted on June 27th, 2019 with a single called Take the Wheel. So Lana is the first K-pop soloist of Russian descent, but her father is half Tatar. Yes. Is that an ethnic group in Russia it or something? Is. Okay, yeah. I feel like I think I've never it's heard like of an that. ethnic group of Siberia, like the Asian I, yeah, side. Yeah, of yeah, Russia. the Asian side of it because she looks part Asian. Yes. and all the articles I read about her credited that appearance to this Tatar okay. lineage. Um, but she herself speaks four languages: Russian, English, Mandarin, and Korean. Wow! Um, and she started living in Korea in 2014, so a few years before she made her Korean debut. Um, she also made a Chinese debut in October of 2020 with a different single called talk talk and that same year she participated in two chinese reality survival shows um and currently she is under wild entertainment group but she originally trained for two years under thought entertainment until her solo debut was canceled like seemingly without notice um so she moved to high creative contents which is the company she debuted under and then at the beginning of 2023 she signed with wild so okay she's still at it recently signing new contracts okay so she still lives in korea and she just like as of this year signed with a new korean agency but she's only released three singles okay so i think that she's but she has a pretty long list of tv credits so i think she might just be like making a personality for herself like similarly Um, to julianne at the beginning of the list i feel like there is a there's a type of Korean celebrity where it's just like, are you foreign and can you speak Korean? You're yes. going to be famous yeah, forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that Ghanaian guy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So she's still around. And she is a good dancer. And you said she's like she trained in dancer. kinds yeah. of dance, different she's kinds a classic, of dance. She's a classical, classically trained dancer in multiple genres, including ballet and Russian folk dance. Cool. Yeah. Next on the list is a girl group called UHSN. We also talked about them on our 2019 girl group episode uh, because they debuted on July 11th, 2019 with the song Popsicle. Their Korean name literally translates to study abroad girl. 
And this was a group that was created on a Korean reality show produced by Imnet that brought 10 international female K-pop fans to Korea in order to learn about Korean pop culture, cuisine, and history for three weeks and then culminating in training and putting out this music video. Um, and we saw them filming this show yeah, on did. our trip when we were at the palace. We saw them walk by with all the TV cameras in yeah. their handbook or whatever for the episode where they visited the palace. Yes. So I always think of that as like a fun Ooh, thing we saw like, yeah and i person. remember when we saw them we were like i bet that's a thing and then we learned about it and we were like hey it was a thing <laughs> uh so the show aired from may 23rd to july 18th 2019 um and the members were from russia sweden thailand egypt norway the u.s ukraine poland estonia and Japan. And the Japanese girl was on Produce 48 and is a member of AKB 48 okay. as well. Um, and so they produced or they put out Popsicle, which was produced by Stone Music Entertainment. And K Netizens were pleasantly surprised by both the show and the music video. And they ultimately had nice things to say. So some of the comments that I wrote down are, I watched this to see the cringe and ended up liking the song. They did a great job. And it's genuinely K-pop music video. For people that has connection with K-pop as fans, I'm happy they fulfilled their dreams. And I'm Korean and watched all your TV stories. I know how much you love our culture history foods and k-pop thanks for your keen interest in guangju so it seemed like they were appreciated yeah, i loved this mm. i feel like popsicle ended up somewhere in my awards of 2019 because i yeah. liked it so much yeah 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 you definitely did enjoy it's popsicle a great. ton yeah and it's super cute and they have like a performance for they didn't because this was just a tv show that like i think the girls were in korea for like a month yeah total. i'm sure they weren't around to they, do like, music went, shows Home. Yeah, so they didn't promote on any kind of show. They just put out the music video for this like little special. And I think one thing that probably helped not make them controversial is the fact that they were there to learn about Korea. Yeah, the whole point like, the of whole the show point was of like it. K essentially K-pop boot camp yeah, for like exactly. foreign fans. And it was like, but it was also like, oh, you like K-pop. Let's learn about the other aspects of Korea too. Cause they had to learn about the history. They had to learn about the language. They had to learn about the food. And then Which, they got to train. As we've discussed many times is ultimately the point of K-pop is that the interest in K-pop is supposed to make you interested in the rest of the country. Yeah. So like this show really like, brought it all, all together yeah. yeah 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 this show is like a microcosm of the hollywood wave yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right next on our list is probably maybe arguably the most controversial on this list yeah now that i know the background of exp edition i i feel confident saying <laughs> this is the most controversial and this <laughs> is a girl group called kachi which is k-a-a-c-h-i they debuted on April 15th, 2020 with a single called Your Turn. So Kachi, what we did, I think we did talk about that. We absolutely yeah, cause I, did. Yeah, because I've seen that music video before, so I, rem I remember. 
not liking it a lot. Uh, this is a British girl group formed by Front Row Records. All four original members, Nicole, Danny, Chunsol, and KG, were members of UJJN, which is a British K-pop dance cover group. So the original lineup did have at least a dance background, if no other performance experience. But there were two pre-debut lineup changes. KG got replaced by Miso, and then Miso got replaced by Coco. Uh, so when they debuted, the reception was, let's say, mixed. Sure. The debut was described by the company as a fusion of Europop, K-pop, and hip-hop, quote-unquote. And the group's debut came with, like, a Channel 4 mini-documentary titled The UK's First K-pop Group. And the documentary was met with largely negative feedback. The one comment i saw as a pro was like oh this group has the quote-unquote groundbreaking concept of k-pop being open to people around the globe i don't know if that was the company that said that specifically <laughs> it definitely wasn't a k-net sure most of the cons had to do with the fact that the girls seemed to lack training the dancing isn't very sharp. It's not very synchronized. The singing isn't very good. The auto-tune is really heavy. The song is not produced particularly nicely. Mm -hmm. There's also a lack of Korean heritage. And ultimately, people complained about the shortcuts in the idol process because the girls did not go through the training process. And in the documentary, it showed the girls finishing the choreography finishing learning the choreography the night before they filmed the Eek. music video i even found one article that was from mexico and it was in spanish and the headline said kachi the band the whole internet hates <laughs> so this was a group that was largely thumbs down mm -hmm. <laughs> in multiple languages and multiple countries. Uh, and ultimately, they did release five singles through 2020 and 2021, including a song called Get Up, which is a remake of a Baby Box song of the same name. And they released two Spanish versions of their first two releases, Your Turn and Photo Magic. So I guess they were trying to get into the, like, latin k-pop scene okay. as well but they did officially disband in february of this year 2023 so kachi is no more okay um but similarly to i think a lot what we've seen in all the other groups on this list even though this song is in korean like they do sing in korean yes. But I think it really sticks in people's craw that nobody Korean is involved in the production right. of it. It's not a Korean company. It's not a Korean CEO. None of the members are Korean. They're not going to Korea to train. They're not produced in mm -hmm. Korea. They're not going to the Korean music shows. Like, it's entirely outside of yeah, Korea. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of the only group on the list that's like that in the sense that, like, EXP started in New York because it was a college 
project. Someone's project. But then they moved to Korea and tried to promote there. And this is, they never go to Korea. Like UHSN was like, bring people to Korea. And then Kachi is like, we're just going to make K-pop in the UK. Sure. And I'm, I don't know if it like counts, but it was interesting that the Baby Vox remake get up music Mm. video was filmed at Lottie World yes. and appears to have the official sanctioned blessing of Lottie World in that, like, they get a title card of, like, True. Lottie World Presents. True. So they at least, like, went to Korea once and filmed one music video yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. But the lineup is different. There's they only, only like, three. three. Yeah. In that one. Um, but, yeah. Very interesting. This reminded me a lot of a recent, like, TikTok controversy that was like the talk of the week like six months ago where these three white girls made a tiktok introducing themselves as a j-pop group and they were like i'm betty chan betty 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 and everyone was like this is so fucking cringe who told them they could do this and it was like a big debate and a bunch of people being like if they want to make j-pop they can and other people being like no they can't yeah 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 i'm like i don't know this felt, this feels very similar to yes, that. Yes, <laughs> very similar debate, very similar debate. And it's, it, it is odd too, because I was thinking about this earlier and it's like, but I don't know, it's different because America is already such a weird mi- melting pot. And like, so like, oh, you know, like a group from Ethiopia that makes rock and roll, like they can still call themselves yeah, yeah, rock yeah. and roll, right? Or like they could still call themselves hip hop. And K-pop does draw from a lot of different genres already. And yeah, I guess it's like getting to that interesting point of like, has K-pop made enough of a mark on a global stage? And become enough of a thing that it can now be part of the music scene Mm -hmm. that everybody can use. Like I was thinking about this. I watched the Wham! documentary on Netflix, which is super good. If you haven't watched it, it's like very interesting. And they talked about how when Wham! started, their original thing was like making rap music about what it was like to be a teenager in England Mm. in the 80s. And how like it got me thinking about how like rap as a genre is just like, this is where you express your frustrations with society as a youth, like through the method of rap music. Mm -hmm. And like, has K-pop become a thing where like, can anybody make it now? Like, yeah, yeah, is yeah. K-pop just a thing where you can like yeah. express yourself through the means of K-pop? Right. And, like, like making blues yeah, music, yeah. even if you're from <laughs> Norway right. or something. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, and we still have another person on, we have, <laughs> we have other people on the list. So like we can save this debate for the end, I guess. But since we already started it, I feel like, <laughs> I kind of feel like, at least right now, I lean more toward the side of if you're going to call yourselves K-pop, something in the production should be Korean. Sure. Either the company, the songwriters, the, the songwriters, the, the CEO, the manager, the language at the very least or the training model, like something about it. I think you need to earn the K, right? Like you have to include. Otherwise you're just making group You're just making pop, which is a thing. Which you can do. Boy bands, girl groups are a global thing. You can still make that. But if you're going to call yourselves K-pop, 
then I think you have to have a K. Yeah. Have to somehow. have something to bring the K in or, or go to Korea and participate in the factory training or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that maybe we'll start to see more, more of, of as, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. as it continues. But the last group we have officially on the list, uh, and then we have a couple that we'll just mention quickly. But the last one we have is Black Swan, which made their debut on October 16th, 2020, with their debut LP, Goodbye Rania, uh, and the title was Tonight. But we're going to play a clip of the only song so far that has their current lineup, which is called That Karma, and it came out May 19th of this year, 2023. All their outfits are so good. So good. So Black Swan is a South Korean-based multinational girl group under DR Music with an admission graduation concept. This is the third rebrand of Alex Reed's group, Rania, yes. <laughs> and was originally announced in June 2020. They are the ship of Theseus of K-pop yeah. groups. <laughs> Like Which is a description I read today that's and really was like, funny. that's the smartest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so true. Of like, at what point does Black Swan stop, stop being, being Rania? Rania? <laughs> <laughs> the current members are Fatou, who is from Senegal. She is the rapper, singer, and leader of the group. There is NV, who's from the US. She's the main vocal. Gabby is from Brazil. She's a sub vocal and lead dancer and Sriya is from India. She's the lead vocal main dancer and Makne. Uh, and they have four former members. Hyeme, uh, I don't know if that's how she actually says her name. She was Korean. Younghoon, also Korean. Judy, also Korean. And Leah, who was a Brazilian. And according to DR Music, Black Swan is, quote, the first K-pop group mixed of various cultures and nationalities. But according to this very list, Z-Stars predates them. Yeah. So I don't think that's true unless you're not counting Z-Stars because they're a Singapore-based company and DR Music is a Korean-based company. Sure. But I think that's kind of splitting hairs because we did agree that Z-Stars... Well, actually, did we agree that Z Stars was making K-pop? We were. I feel like we were like maybe not. Maybe not missing the K. Missing the K. Like we just. That's true. Based on my own (laughs) parameters, Z Stars wouldn't count as K-pop. But I really liked that Z Girls song. Yeah, the Z Girls had the Z Girls is good. They're good. I support them. Z Boys (laughs) fall a little derivative, but the Z Girls good. Good. Yeah. Anyway. Black Swan exists, um, and, and they're still around. And people really um, positive. They received the That Karma music yeah. video very positively, yes, it seemed. they did. I feel like tonight was a very middle-of-the-road single, and when they originally released tonight, they still had Korean members mm-hmm. in the group. And I think like Fatou was maybe like the main new new one. one. 
And so now this like new iteration, which is still under the name of Black Swan, but now has entirely foreign idols. Yeah. This is the multinational version yes, of agreed. it. And so like the original debut of Black Swan didn't really count in that in that label i guess um but one thing that i thought was fucking crazy about black swan and i feel like this is the only thing that makes me a shitty person (laughs) (laughs) not the only thing in like my whole life but But in this in the context of this episode this is my only like oh she's being a bitch this is what it is two of these members yeah got into k-pop as in learned about BTS for the first time in 2019 and 2020 respectively and then boom 2021 they're in Black Swan like bitch what Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah are you kidding me I feel like that's such a slap in the face to every Korean trainee who has been all the hundreds of people that show up for (laughs) 10 years and like never debuted and these girls got into it two years ago and now they're filming dope music videos in India for DR music like "Mm, yeah I don't know about Mm. that (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that <laughs> but yeah, we'll see with Black Swan. Like, I want to hope for these girls that like maybe this will be the iteration that sticks and they'll I get mean, to do something else. But I do feel like Rania itself, like is whatever, cursed. it feels cursed. <laughs> or that the people who run it make bad, weird decisions, yeah. or else they wouldn't have had such a tumultuous group for like ten goddamn years. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy the the changes that. Rania and now Black Swan have gone through. But yes, people did seem to enjoy karma, that karma. So we'll we'll see. And I do think like especially because I remember when Tonight came out and I remember being like really disappointed in it because I was like, this is just very boring and the music video like doesn't have that much money behind it or whatever. But they clearly put a lot of money into this rebranding for that karma because that's an expensive music video and it's beautiful. It looks great. Hopefully, like maybe they have new management or something. I don't know, but we'll keep an eye on Black Swan and see what they bring next. They're still around. So the last thing that I wanted to just like discuss real quick is just like kind of a a side similar conversation where like I was saying at the beginning of people being like, is it K-pop if the people aren't Asian at all? So I just had a couple of groups where they had members that like were not any kind of Asian. Mm -hmm. And so that like makes it interesting. So the first thing, which kind of disputes the thing said about Alex, is that in Ra there was a black American rapper named Mickey Romeo, and he was in Rura for about a year in 1996. Oh, interesting. But Rura is deeply controversial, and maybe people just want to forget them. Maybe. But yeah, yeah, he yeah. was definitely in Rura for a bit, a hot yeah. minute. And Rura was... De- <laughs> it's hard Rura, to say Rura. Rura, 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 Rura. They were 
definitely k-pop yeah like they were not you know because i remember when that art when that journalist asked us like they specifically asked us like would you call alex the first black k-pop idol and i was hesitant to say yes because i was like well what about you and Mireille? and right. like there are like other people that are like that have been active in the korean music industry like technically i think she might be the first one like in k-pop but i was like i don't know that's like a mm-hmm. heavy thing i was like you're asking me that who am i I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, I also saw that there was a group called ESQ or Esquire in 2011, and they billed themselves as the first multiracial K-pop group. This was all boys, and they were from Canada. Mm -hmm. I think one of them was Korean and then, like, Chinese and Thai and whatever, but they were from Canada. Yeah. And they did have one guy, one white guy, whose name was Kyle. The rest (laughs) of of them all had, like, cool names. (laughs) His name was Kyle. Um, (laughs) And I thought that was fun. But also, first multiracial K-pop group must be wrong, again, because of Rura. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Everyone's forgetting this. Um, and then in 2013, there was a girl group called The Gloss. Oh, yeah. And they were billed as the first ever girl group to have a non-Asian member. They had Olivia, who was a white girl from France. Mm. Um, and they disbanded within a year. Yeah. So The Gloss never really did anything. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that there was a girl group that debuted in 2020 called Prisma. They escaped our list. I know. Because they, I think they also debuted rel- or uh, disband. No, they disbanded this year. I don't know why we missed it, but Prisma was like five or six members, and one of them was Nia, who was from Spain, and they also had Miriam, who was from Italy. Oh, fun! So they had like two Europeans, Europeans. mixed in there. But yeah, Love that it. was just a short list of like other other thing other non-asian idols throughout history that i like found but yeah i wonder i do wonder if this is just going to be like a trend that continues and like again this jyp audition show has like so many non-asian people Mm -hmm. like in the running yeah but it's still being made by but it's being made by jyp so that's still k-pop and i also remember i i wonder if it will ever happen because at this point it feels like no but when they announced the NCT Hollywood show, mm. people were like immediately angry and being like, I don't want an NCT that only has white boys in it. Sure. And like, that was like the immediate, like, no, I don't want NCT Hollywood. Um, but I don't know if that will ever even happen. So. I mean, also there are a lot of non-white people in Hollywood, right. but like, I feel like a, an <laughs> NCT division from the States doesn't necessarily have to be all white guys yeah. named Kyle. <laughs> um, maybe just one. Sure. <laughs> Get a new Lucas. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It is an interesting, it is an interesting debate. Um, and one that I am not going to lie, I don't really feel like I have a stake in. Yeah, I don't like, feel like I, I have feel strong like feelings I'm... in any direction. And to me, it feels like similarly to whatever that like senator said about porn in the 90s. You like, know, I know when it you when see I see it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I like I might accept something as K-pop if it feels K-pop enough to me. Like I'm not going to draw hard lines about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's so, there's a special indescribable K-pop magic. And if you are not Korean and can pull it off, then like maybe I'll get on board. Yeah. Z-Girls <laughs> had it. 
EXP edition did not, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Yeah. Bless their heart. Um, yeah, good <laughs> luck, guys. I wonder what those guys are up to these days. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's also one that I feel like I, even though I do, th- like, you know, we're K-pop experts in our own right, <laughs> for me to be like, this is or is not definitively K-pop. It's like, I'm just a girl who likes K-pop. Yeah. Like, I'm not a K-pop like, arbiter of yeah, truth. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. I, I, I do not decide what is and is not K-pop. Also, I'm not even fucking Korean. Right. So, like, that feels like... I have like, zero ownership I don't have any K for myself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I don't know. And, I mean, I obviously, like, don't have a clear stance on it because I, like, contradicted myself yeah. in this very episode. <laughs> so, who fucking knows, man? Yeah. Let but, us know in the comments. Yeah, and, let uh, us know what you think. And we'll be right back with a random game. Yeah. All right, we are back. And this week, the random number generator gave us a relatively new boy group called ATBO, which stands for At the Beginning of Originality. Yes, this is a seven-member boy group under IST Entertainment. And they were formed on a reality survival show called The Origin, A, B, or What. So that's where the like originality mm-hmm. thing comes in. Uh, so they debuted on July 27th, 2022 with the EP The Beginning um, and they have since released three EPs uh, so two in 2022 and one in this year of 2023 as well as a digital single of this year so they are still around and they performed at the last two KCON Japans okay cool um, so yeah they're still kicking I also saw that uh, right before they debuted, they had to kick a member out due to uh, past misconduct being revealed. So member Wanbin, who had originally been eliminated on the show, Mm. got to step up and take that guy's place. Nice. Good for um, him. And yeah, it's interesting that all three of their EPs are called The Beginning, and then there's a colon and some fancy Chinese characters yeah. that I cannot read. Correct. <laughs> so they all have a subtitle, but I don't know what the subtitles are. And their most popular music video at the moment, by only a million views, all of them have like roughly the same amount of views, is called Attitude, and this was their second of three singles. Great. So if you want to watch ATBO Attitude with us, just go ahead and pull it up. And press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, lightning. lightning. Oh, black, black and, and white. white. We got a palace. Castle. Oh, oh boy. Yes, palace, not a castle. Oh, motorcycle jacket. Oh, I, I thought hope it was handbook cool handbook from on. the back. <laughs> Bummer. Okay, so this is just from what nine months ago. Okay, so we're very, That's we're very recent. Okay, we got like full like, pleather outfits yeah, here. And like in a sort of modernized like palace. Yeah, it's got like the roof, but neon on it. They all have great faces. Yeah, Just they're all very. Go ahead and note that, like, very handsome man. boys. K-pop, there's K-pop groups are all like so good looking now. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, he's handsome. <laughs> 
That's my attitude. Addy, attitude. That's my attitude. Addy, attitude. Man, I was really hoping that drop was gonna go somewhere cooler, Something but like more, this is yeah. a little, it's a little flat. Oh, we got a little harmony. harmony. Yeah, that's nice. I wanted a little more like groove though. One of these boys almost has like a Kai quality to his mm -hmm. face. He's a nice voice. Okay, before they had been in like the rooms, like those old timey rooms with the sliding doors and like doing yes. calligraphy, but now we've got Letterman jackets and cool cars. Yeah, but still a calligraphy motif. And then like there are black and white scenes where we have like ink splotches and like brushes. Yeah, it's so hard to look at a new boy group and not see 20 I just think different everyone looks like BBS. other people now. Yeah. Like I feel like if you, there's- This one, this one has a Kai-ish yeah, smirk or something. Yeah, I see what you mean. But yeah, I feel like you could do find one of those like face morph eye, like AIs, yeah. and if you took like two second gen idols and mushed them, then they would probably look Give you exactly like, three like a different fourth, four fifth gen, gen idol. idols. Like, yeah, yeah, that's 100%. what they all look like now. Oh, oh, long hair, wig. Oh, oh no, they're those kind are kind of handbucky hand pants. But now we're like flashing so quickly between yeah. like seven different outfit scenes. Yeah. Those shiny pleather outfits are quite a lot. They're dancing very hard. They are dancing very hard. That blonde one kind of looks like Kino. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. That's attitude. ATBO. ATBO. With their attitude. Yeah. Attitude. Add them to the list with AB6 and CIX and all the like <laughs> acronyms. Acronym groups. Oh, so many of them. All right, it is weekly recommendation time. Do you have anything that you would like to recommend or speak on in this moment? Absolutely. <laughs> because my show new <laughs> came back to us. Yes, he did. He sure did. And he looks so freaking handsome <laughs> in everything. Oh my God, the stages have been killing me because his face is so expressive. Um, so he and and Hyungwon came out with their little Shonu and Hyungwon subunit. Uh, the album's called The Unseen and the title track is called Love Me A Little. Um, so they have a music video, which I think we both agreed is ultimately too dark. Yes, I want to see them better. Yeah, it's, it's too dark it's, in so many of the it's scenes. It's dark and then like the background is black and their outfits are black. So it's just all together too difficult to see the details of the music video. But they've been performing uh, on music shows these past couple weeks and they 
did wear two of the music video outfits and then they've worn like a couple other outfits as well, including this one like lighter colored look, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the choreo is really fun. I do recommend watching like a whole view of it um, because there's a lot of good like since it's just a, the two of them, like they use a lot of backup dancers and there's a lot of fun like get in a line and one of them appears and then back in the line and the other one appears. And then like, it starts out with them like covering each other's faces. Um, and I like it. The little EP is fun too. It's just five songs and they're all like groovy and sexy and cool. It's a great EP. It's a great little EP. It go, it all goes really nicely Mm -hmm. together to the point where like I was listening to it while I was like cleaning or something and it had looped like four or five times and you don't even notice notice. you're just like yeah this is great (laughs) um and I a thousand percent like missed my show news voice like just hearing him sing on all my monster extracts I was like they missed you they filled in your spots but I hear you now yeah but I missed him and he looks so freaking hot yeah well, he's eyebrows gonna, are working it on the stage. Yeah, we're gonna need Shonu to hold down the fort for a while. Yep. Because uh-huh. Honey went to the military this week. Sad face. Kihyun is going next week. Sad face. I think Youngwon's got to get his ass gone as soon as this promotion <laughs> is over. And then hopefully Chunky will be smart and also go because Honey said in his goodbye letter. That we all need to go so they can be back by 25, which would be their 10-year right. anniversary. So Shonu might be our only monster for a while. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can look he forward can do to it. that. <laughs> Give me solo Shonu. Give me rain collaboration stages. Mm-hmm. Bring it. Give me duets with like ladies. Yeah. All of it. I want it all. Oh my God. What if he and Hiori did a duet? That would be so great. That would be amazing. I'm putting it into the universe now. I love that. Lee Hiori feature on Shonu's solo album. Or they can do a collaboration release like like Sunmi JYP Disco Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like just do a joint. Yeah, something that would a be little great. subunit that, that would, would be, be so, so fun. Yeah, love <laughs> can that. just be called the age gap. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Or they can call them May December. Yes, <laughs> I love, I love it. it. All seasons. Perfect. <laughs> um, I think my recommendation this week. I will just say. I mean. I talked about a lot of it in our recent Patreon episode where we listened to the full uh, shiny album, but like the shiny content just keeps like pouring oh out gosh. on YouTube. I still haven't even watched half of it. Cause it's like a constant barrage, yeah. but something really cool that they have released is a couple of videos. 13 hours ago, a 45 minute hard music. Video I know. Shooting. I know you guys are spoiling us. But they released these really neat videos of them recording the album. Yes. So there's one for Hard and there's one for Satellite. Um, and they're so cool. They did. There's another one, too. I think there's three. I can't remember what the other one is for. Oh, no, maybe not. I'm only seeing Hard and Satellite. But they are marked as like two and three and the one is missing. And also they took the hard one down for like a week and then put it back. So I don't know what that was about. Interesting. There is a really awful high-pitched noise in the hard one. 
at a couple of points that is pretty awful but point is is that it's really cool footage of them recording the songs and you get to like watch them doing like each harmony part yeah and like figuring out like how they want to say different words and they all like laughed at like a different word of being like oh that's fun funny to say and it was just like really interesting to see them like doing it yeah yeah yeah, it was really cool so i love that um but a song recommendation for something to listen to that i've been listening to a ton is two weeks ago on queendom puzzle they did a round a dance round where all of the songs that they danced to were like new original songs written for queendom Mm. and my favorite one is called over water and it's just like this it's such a fresh just like a fresh fun bouncy r&b girl group summertime music and if you watch the stages it was like mermaid themed and everybody wore like really long extensions and they did so much cool choreography where like at the beginning the vcr was like you know the little mermaid on her rock with her tail and then it faded into the girls and they all had their feet up in this specific way where one of them was sitting on the feet and then somebody else's feet (gasps) was up like the tail it was really cool. And this song is just like very addicting and catchy and I love it. Also just hard recommend for all of the Queendom puzzle songs that are on Spotify. I think they all slap. Um, but weirdly like last season with Queendom, the cover round, most of the songs are missing because mm. Mnet seems to not get, cl- they get enough clearance to show it on the show, but not enough but to, not stream, to it. stream it. So whatever, but all the Queendom puzzle music has been really good so far. So if you're just like looking for random new girl group music, listen to the Queendom puzzle songs. I think they're all great. Awesome. And that'll do it for this week. If you would like to find us, we can be found at Pod in some places. Twitter doesn't exist anymore. It's called X now. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> but I guess our handle is still at AMAKPopPod. You can email us AMAKPopPod at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail or send a text to 181-AMAKPOP5. Uh, you can send us mail. P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. Speaking of Queendom 2 and shiny listening parties, or Queendom Puzzle, excuse me, we're doing those things on our patreon patreon.com slash pod lots of fun stuff on patreon so much fun stuff there all the time uh link tree slash pop. you can find the playlists for this episode and many other episodes like it you can find that discord we talk about all the time plan kcon stuff in the kcon channel leave mm-hmm. us episode suggestions in the episode suggestion channel do whatever you want on the discord it's fun there mm-hmm. um, but also if you've never used discord and you don't want to use it or like are intimidated about learning how to use it you could just email us that's you can use a phone number and just text it to us if you have an idea you're walking down the street and you think of an idea text it to us yeah boom we'll still get it we can be contacted so many ways and we're always slip into our instagram DMs. dms we're around we're around um and yeah that's all the places that you can find us and thank you as always for listening and we'll see you in a couple of weeks with a fun little deep dive and then it's kcon time so extra episodes this month because we got kcon to cover so hooray yay (laughs) all right see you then goodbye bye-bye jongyan you're our inspiration (laughs) 